County, Oklahoma. Welcome to Pastors of Pain. We're a podcast. We're a radio show. I'm Father Brian O'Brien, joined by Father Kerry Wakulich. We are pastors. We are priests. We are Christians. And you will know we are Christians by our love. Did you come uh, come down off the ceiling from last week? I thought I was going to have to do an exorcism. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's all right. We're okay. Well, you know, I gave one of the best homilies I ever gave was at... Uh, there's been a few, but it was at, uh, at, uh, Father Vince Fernandez's first mass. Oh yeah. Uh And my advice to Father Vince as a brand new priest, I said, you know, there's a lot of things we get to do as a priest. We get to do this. We get to do this. We get to do this. And I said, really just love your people. Just love your people. Yeah. If you are, if you love your people, then everything will take care of itself. Anyway. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, have just you ever, love just have, love my people. Um, have you ever uh, read Rule sixty two of the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous book? I ha- I, I'm going to say that I haven't. Oh yeah, I, I've been reading uh, AA books because yeah. I think they're really great. Things I've they are good. Uh, things I've learned. In I the last preach couple. about. I preach about the the twelve steps from time to time. Yeah, there's a rule sixty two in the recovery refers to the rule of don't take yourself too darn seriously. It's well, b- see you, then, but, but here, you ready? We're doing serious things, though, hey, man. You ready? You ready? There's no rule sixty-one, and there's no rule sixty-three. But there's a rule sixty-two, and there's a whole history on it of like, don't take yourself so darn seriously because you brought. Hey, I, I, you know, something else I learned. Um, have you ever heard about decommissioning tattoos? Uh, I have not. So I was on a plane coming back from uh, Medjugorje this summer. We landed in Ireland, and this Dominican guy who's from Somewhere up north near Donegal. Uh, you know um, the town of, um, what's that town up north of here where Amy Gallegos is from? Kildare. And Kildare means like church next to the oak tree. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he said, hey, uh, what's that guy's name? You were sitting next, no, that's English. Hold on one second. Let me see if I can get my Lucky Charms accent. Ah, there it is. Um, hey, hey, Father Carey, what's the name of the uh, girl you're sitting next to on the plane? Who's got the tats? I was like, uh, it's, and I said her name and he goes, I wonder if she's ever got her tattoos decommissioned. I was like, decommissioned? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, because in Ireland, uh, people put a curse on the ink and then they like, and they curse you. And so there's a decommissioning of the tattoos. So they're in the air, they're in the airport. We decommissioned this girl's tattoos. It was just like this quick prayer. Well, anyway. It's like an exorcism for tattoos. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. It's in the deliverance book, deliverance. Is and this exorcism. what our show's about? Nah, uh, uh, we're going to get to oh. that. Um, but anyway, so. <laughs> I we, mean, it uh, can be. No, we, you ready? So then um, recently a student who got a tattoo, I don't know where the tattoo was, was then going to give blood. And I don't know where the giving of the blood was, whether it's the state of Oklahoma or someplace else. And the lady um, that was going to take her blood, who was interviewing her, said, do you know if ashes were used in the making of your tattoo? And she's like, I'm sorry, what, what kind of ashes? She goes, well, some people put cremains in the, in, in the ink. And she was like, like she frightened. And the other lady basically asked her very casually. Come on. And she said, no, n- n- no. And she asked her a few more questions. She's like, okay, you can go. And then she went and gave blood. But uh, apparently, um, the question, it, it happens enough 
or at least happened once that this person who was taking this girl's blood asked her. So if you're out there and you're getting tats, you've been warned. Um, get your tattoos My decommissioned. Goodness. I know some weird stuff, but this is the kind of weird stuff that goes on. Like someone came up with a pentagram we on their shoulder get, the other day. We do get weird. And we get calls. Oh, bro, this is I'm wearing out my exorcism ritual book on on Rob over here. <laughs> You're welcome, Ponce. It's making your beard grow. I mean, your beard was stunted in growth, and then it just came out full flourish. Anyway, I'm glad you um, you were d- done dancing on the ceiling, as Lionel Richie says uh, last week. I thought I was going to have to start playing dancing on the ceiling. No, it's fine. Okay, good. It's good. Fine. The good people got. Now, hey. I've Priests a- can get frustrated. Yeah, that's great. Priests can get mad at themselves. They can get. You know, even like at the at the at the people a little bit. It's yeah. not it's not it's not personal. It's because I care. Yeah. Okay. Great. I don't like it when we stuff is like awesome and then, uh huh. You know, there's kind of a lackluster. Okay. Great response. No, I, th- I w- we're going a direction today, and it's not exorcisms. <laughs> it's not O'Brien dancing on the ceiling. It's not retreats. I'm backing away from the ledge. I I know. But there's this song that goes on in endless joy of to this rock I'm clinging. <laughs> because the Lord is Lord of heaven and earth. How can I keep from singing? This song goes on. I, I Actually, I love that song because it was uh, sung in a four-part harmony, um, like um, Barbershop Quartet. And I love Barbershop Quartets. And it was just great music. And I've heard it like according to like bluegrass and stuff like that. Hello. <laughs> Playing the jug and stuff like that. But that, those are not all the like the jug and the banjo are not instruments that are in the list of, um, you know, it's like Gregorian chant, acapella, organ. You know, we were discussing music the other day. And one of the cool things was it's um, I was it wasn't with you. It was with somebody else. Um, but it was it was about like what music is supposed to do and it's supposed to like why we don't have modern music in church because um, like Life Church makes really good rock and roll music and they do really great concerts. But w- w- like you can find all that music on the radio and someone said it was a girl said, well, I, I want to go to church to worship God. I don't want to be like feel like I'm in my car or I'm laying in bed listening to um, praise and worship music because I can do all that at home. And I could go to concerts and I can see Need to Breathe and Matt Marr. And those are a lot better than any of the churches, any of the Catholic churches can do. I want you to lift me up and bring heaven down. I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. Get ready, buckle up. Anyway, so you wanted to talk about music today. I do want to talk about music because uh, beginning in October. This is October. I know. So beginning oh, okay. be, beginning in October, we uh, made some musical changes. Oh, what? Uh, beginning uh, that weekend of October first, September thirtieth, October first. Whoa! Um, and and ba- and this has kind of been a longer conversation between me and Father Healy and our our choir our choir director who's uh-huh. Matt Cabine, um, and just reading through and studying the the texts of the church. Ooh. And looking at our own, like you know, abilities to to sing and the choir's ability. And, okay. And we came to a point uh, 
a few weeks ago, a point of no maybe return, maybe two months ago, where we said, okay, we're ready to make. Um, not a, it's not a dramatic shift. I mean, the ma- the mass is the mass. Uh-huh. Um, but what what does the church ask of us when it comes to singing? And Father Healy said something to me. He says things to me all the time, and and I and I love him. I love that he's our associate pastor. I love he's very uh, smart. He's very well read. He's very he's very thoughtful. And we were just we were having this discussion, and I was just I was having trouble kind of like getting my head around. And Father Healy, I'll say this: Father Healy and Matt Cabine were kind of further along than I was. And part of my job as pastor is like to not go uh-huh. too far too fast. To not, um, they're very very musically inclined. Please be yes, 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 yes. And they were kind of where they were ready to go. I think they were ready for this six months ago or a year ago. Okay, and I wasn't, and I had to be, you know, and I have to be like convinced. I have to be, and I've been accused over the years, you know, of like not being a very good listener, um, and just sort of doing what I want to do. And I don't think that's true, but but I take that (laughs) I take that as. I take that as a, a valid criticism and I, you know, and so I really do. I try to like, when we're going to make a decision to, to kind of hear, what does the church have to say? What do the parishioners have to say? Kind of, you know, think it, think it through. Anyway, working genius. We got to a point mm-hmm. where we were ready to make some changes. So I'm reading through uh, what is called the general instruction of the Roman Missal. The germ. Also known as the germ. And there's a whole section in here. Um, you can look it up. If you just Google General Instruction of the Roman Missal, M-I-S-S-A-L, um, paragraph 39 is on the importance of singing. Oh. oh, and this is what Father Healy said. He made the distinction. He said, what we, what we want to help our people do and what we priests need to do is make a distinction between singing the Mass and singing at Mass. Okay. What most parishes do, and what we've done, frankly, we sing at Mass. We don't sing the Mass. And the Mass, in its, I don't know, best form, highest form, is meant, is meant to be sung. Especially on, like on Sundays and high, you know, holy days. And so we were kind of moving into what, what does that look like? Anyway, so here it is, the, important, the importance of singing. So this paragraph 39, the Christian faithful who come together as one in expectation of the Lord's coming are instructed by the Apostle Paul to sing together psalms, hymns, and spiritual canticles. Singing is the sign of the heart's joy. Oh, okay. Thus, St. Augustine says rightly, singing uh-huh. is for one who loves. Oh, there is also an ancient proverb, whoever sings well prays twice. Great importance should therefore be attached to the use of singing in the celebration of the Mass. With due consideration for the culture of peoples and abilities okay. of each liturgical assembly. So that, that has to be a factor. Although it is not always necessary to sing all the texts that are in principle meant to be sung, every care should be taken that singing by the ministers and people not be absent in celebrations that occur on Sundays and on holy days of obligation. Basically, the church is saying, hey, priests, hey, people, sing. <laughs> sing. Okay, so then I'm skipping down a little bit. Uh, and then it says this, paragraph 41. The main place should be given, 
all things being equal to Gregorian chant. Okay. As being proper to the Roman liturgy. Other kinds of sacred music, in particular polyphony, polyphony, uh-huh. are in no way excluded, provided that they correspond to the spirit of the liturgical action and that they foster the participation of all the faithful. So, not just, I went to this mass and there was this amazing choir and I just sat and listened to it, uh, but that the people ought to be also singing. And then it says this, since the faithful from different countries come together ever more frequently, it is desirable that they know how to sing together at least some of the parts of the ordinary of the Mass in Latin. Ooh, yeah. Especially what number the, is that? Uh, 41. Okay. Especially the profession of faith and the Lord's Prayer according to the simpler settings. Okay. So we're not trying to bite off everything at once, but what, what, what you'll notice if you come to uh-huh. Mass at St. Francis Xavier, and that the same is true at St. John's from what I've seen. I, yeah. don't, I'm not, I don't know that I've ever been there on a Sunday, but I've been there for Holy Days or I've been there. Yeah, I went to your, your dedication Mass is on weekdays, you're not going to hear a lot of singing. Nope. And on Sundays, you're going to hear a lot more. And so what we are trying to do, Father Healy and I, is to sing more of the Mass, to sing the Mass. And so, for example, at the Sunday morning Masses, we, we start out by singing. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Okay? Right from the start. Um, that's what we're that's what we're we're doing. We're what trying I, yeah, we're trying yeah. to sing to sing more. And so okay. what, what you're gonna wow. hear uh, is more chant. What you're gonna hear is more of the priests singing. And then what we are doing also Ooh, more? Uh, is at the end of Mass, we, the closing hymn of Mass yes. is the, the Marian hymn of the season. So every season, ordinary time, Advent, yep. Christmas, Easter. Christmas, Easter, Lent, there are these certain hymns that are sung in honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we're closing Mass with those in, in, in Latin. My favorite one is, I love it, because it goes, Regina Celi. And then the whole group says, Letare. And it's like very strong. So I made a couple um, sort of mandatory things on for, for, for our choir and for Matt, is that we, I, if we're, like in our little worship aids, our programs, I want, I want it written. It, the, the, it's, we're going to sing it in Latin, but I want it written in English. It doesn't work singing it in English. It's no. so hard. I mean, it, you can. Um, but it's, we're singing it in Latin. But I, but I want people to know what they're singing. Yeah, I yeah. don't just want to sing Latin for yeah. Latin's sake. It's, I think it's, there's people out there yeah. who are like, ooh, Latin. And it's like, well, you don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> so like, what is the, what, what, like, why, you know? I just, anything Latin. Like, really? Anything? No. We're not doing that. <laughs> but songs like, hymns like the Salve Regina. Uh-huh. Salve Regina. Mater, okay. Hail like, Holy are Queen, things, Mother of Mercy. Are hymns that, that really, that every Catholic should know. Yep. 
Okay. Now, does it take a little time to learn? Yes. And I'm and I'm hoping, I mean, we're now a little bit into October, um, that people are going to get used to it, that people maybe even practice it at okay. home. Um, and what I'm picturing and what is going to be so beautiful, and here's the example I would use. Right, so a year ago, we introduced at the end of uh, right at the end of Mass, as the as the Blessed Sacrament is being put um, back into the tabernacle, it's, it's reposed. Um, we would sing one little stanza, one little verse, which goes like this: "O Sacrament Most Holy." Okay. Yep. Well, the first couple of weeks we sang that, I started to have regrets. <laughs> I mean, I really, uh, you know, as, yeah, a, yeah. as a pastor, like I kind of got cold feet. I was like, oh, maybe this was not a good idea because we didn't sing it very well. It's yeah. new. It's, it's different. It's, it's, you know, the, the tune, the tone, the speed. And I was like, oh, boy, maybe, okay, maybe we should like pull this back. Well, the, these first couple of weeks where we've sang the Salve, I'm kind of like, all right, I can hear Matt. <laughs> But like I'm not hearing like the voice, you know, the people sort of singing it. And I talked to Matt about it, and Matt was like, "Patience, patience," which is not exactly my. Oh, I you know. know. I've known you for suit. 20 years. Shut up, jerk. <laughs> um, uh, and anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm. We're doing that. But what I, what I am so excited about is like a parish event in the very near future where we, we have a dinner or we have some event and at the end with nobody with paper in front of them and I say to end let's sing the salve and I intone it or Healy intones it better than me and off we go and a hundred people in the parish hall sing the salve regina the hail holy queen I'm so excited for that. And then we're just going to have it in our heads, in our, in our repertoire, and people will have it for the rest of their lives. So now people can do it at home. Now people can do it on, these, on their Sunday night dinners that they're having. Okay, let's have dinner as a family, and then we'll pray the decade of the rosary, and we'll end with the salve. I really want that to happen. But it takes this like preparation up front. Anyway, that's kind of what we're doing. We're singing. We're trying to sing yeah. the Mass rather than just sing at mass. at mass. We're using the organ more. Oh, you haven't? We've been using a lot of piano. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And the piano is not bad. That's, and that's, I want to be clear. Piano is allowed. Yeah. Piano is, is, is okay. But what the, what the general instruction says... Um, is that the organ, the main place should be given, uh, oh, no, here it is. Uh, in 40. 393. While the organ is to be accorded pride of place. Oh. So in the hierarchy of instruments, the organ is number one. Other wind, stringed, or percussion instruments may be admitted into divine worship in the Diocese of the United States according to local, longstanding local usage insofar as these are suitable for sacred, truly suitable for sacred use or can be made suitable. No tambourines on that list? It says percussion. Is that percussion? Um, that can be. What about finger cymbals? I think those are called 
thimbles. <laughs> thimbles. Hey, uh, Madison Noman and I were, uh, remember Madison Noman? Uh-huh. Um, she, I just texted her the other day. Oh, great. Anyway, her and I were talking about like um, sacred music a while. I don't know when it was. Um, but she said, you know what I love about the organ is it really brings you into the place of the church. Because people you don't are, hear organs anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you you can't reproduce it anywhere. You can reproduce piano playing or guitar or drums or something because like, you may have those instruments, but no one has like you know a fifty or a five hundred or a hundred thousand dollar organ just sitting in their house that they can turn on because they would be called disturbing the peace. That was a very insightful. She's a, she was. She was just talking about um, just like musical instruments because she's well musically talented with a guitar. Yeah, um, I like this. I like this is going. So it's uh, I'm 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 excited about it. Um, I like the antiphons. You know, yep. uh, Brennan Brennan Lacey has been increasing our quality of music at St. John over the over the years. We had Dominic Dominic, who's now up in um, Enid Enid, yeah. Yep. And he's doing amazing stuff up there. And Brennan's even get one of the cool things Brennan Lacey did is he started a cantor program with college students. So he, for a grade, he, I mean, he's getting a grade out of this in his conducting class, but he has to take somebody who has never had vocal lessons and turn them into a cantor. And it's really cool. Really? So he's, he's got a little cantor school going on there where he trains college students so that when they graduate from college and they're out in their parishes, like some of the tough things yes. that parishes have fun, difficult yes. finding is people who are brave enough to get up there and, and can read it. music and bolt out. So I think he's got like eight students, like probably four, four and four, five and three guys and girls, some of that ballpark that he's teaching them um, both chant and to, you know, use the entrance antiphons and to read chant music. And we're going to start, one of the things we're going to start doing is, is as we, you know, travel more internationally, of making sure students know the um, parts of the mass in Latin, because you get to these big events, and all of a even sudden, at, even at our cathedral or like bigger diocesan events, because yeah. there's there's diocesan yeah. events where you know, in, just in our little diocese here, multiple languages are used. So, so obviously English, so obviously Spanish, but we have a Vietnamese community, we have a Zomi, the Burmese. Yeah. Okay. We now have the uh, Chukis. In two places. Oh, that's right. They, Father Samuel yeah. Pettis is, yeah. is learning like some Samoan Island language uh -huh. or South uh -huh. Pacific language. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> like what? Yeah, and, and I don't know, maybe some others in there somewhere. Did well, you say Chokies? Chukies. Chukies. And it's from like the Solomon Islands? Uh the I think they're Micronesian. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you put when you put all those people together, really, you should have it. In Latin, <laughs> I mean, you might say, "Well, then nobody's going to understand it." Yeah. But at least the mass parts mm -hmm. that, that are in Latin. Um, I'm, I just uh, I, the uh, bishop in Wichita, uh, Bishop Carl Kemi. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, just in the mid in mid September, he wrote a pastoral letter to his diocese Ooh. about music. It's called "Let Us Sing with the Lord," and I want to read a little part. Not okay. sing a new church into being. So this is where it gets to when when people when we, when we get into music, what a lot of people who don't and I'm this is not I'm not like ripping on people but like who don't know the church's preference in terms of music, a, a uh -huh. lot of times our our musical 
is, you know, is the music, if you just ask yourself, is the music at my parish like good or bad? What we mean is, do I like it? <laughs> and what's hard in a parish like ours, and we're not the biggest uh -huh. parish in the world, but we have a thousand households, 1,043 to be exact. Um, and within that, there is okay. a wide variety you know, of preference. Anyway, this is what Bishop Kemi from Wichita said. He said, rather than entering into a discussion about which hymns may or may not be appropriate for use in Mass, a subjective judgment that too often relies on personal taste and preference, yes. my humble guidance is to turn our attention toward the texts of the Mass, which the Church herself invites us to sing. For example, just as the church proposes texts for us to sing for the responsorial psalm and Alleluia, we also have proper texts intended to be sung at the entrance, the offertory, and at the communion processions. So that's what you're going to hear more of here, is that those entrance, uh, the entrance antiphon, oh, yeah, yeah. the offertory, the communion antiphon, and what's nice about those is that the, the, like the choir sings it, and then the people are meant to then sing it back. So it's not a hymn in, in that you know it has four, four stanzas, or you know it's it's the, the choir sings, and then the people repeat, and then the choir sings, and then the people repeat. So it's something that is easily not not easily, but but it's something where there's actually meant to be more. When people are like, oh, I want to participate more. It's, it's that opportunity using not a hymn that somebody wrote in a studio somewhere, but this words of Scripture that are given to us in the Mass. Yeah. Um, that, congratulations. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's we'll a big see. time. We'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm, I'm most, I think I'm most nervous about the recessional hymn and just how that will be received yeah um and then i think what'll be interesting is once we'll get the salve down and then it'll be advent and then we'll ave regina celorum yeah. ave domina angelorum so i think we'll, that's the hardest one to sing but yeah. it's really beautiful yep salve radix so salve I porta i just want people to give it give it a chance and not not to like immediately like well it's latin so i don't want to do it or it's a different language, so I don't want to do it. Or it's not, you know, it's not what I'm used to. I think that's where change. And I'll change. I mean, I, yeah, I'm the first to say change, 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 can't, change can change can stink. Uh, uh, um, yeah. But last thing I'll just say for Bishop Kemi and uh, his thing, he said, liturgical and sacred music can be a powerful instrument of evangelization because it gives people a glimpse of the beauty of heaven. And so think about music at your parish, mine and yours and wherever, whoever you are listening. Like does, does the music of your parish give you a glimpse of the beauty of heaven? And that's what we want. Uh -huh. That's what we want. And we're, we're, we're human beings. So we're going to do that, you know, imperfectly. We're on, we're on this side yeah. of heaven. But that's what we're. That's what the mass ought to be. It's where heaven and earth come together. Yeah. And so you come to mass and get a little glimpse of what what's gonna what's what what it's gonna be like. Uh, I, just this past week, I was I was telling you before this podcast that Doctor Haygood 
um, who is uh, at OSU's performing music uh, school of performing arts music. Anyway, he's a brilliant professor, and he brought his Cantamus group over. These girls are going to be traveling Europe, and they're they're practicing in our church, and then they're going to have a benefit concert uh, because they have to pay their own way, I guess, through Europe oh. um, as they travel. And it's also for their donors and stuff like that. But we had the doors, so there's the doors of the church, and he opened all those up, the the three gates, the three big wooden doors, which then forced sound into the narthex, which then the sound came out the bell tower doors. There's those glass doors right there. And there was a group of students standing out there mm. in the, in the um, by the stairwell. So, and they heard these voices and you could hear the sound travel through the church, bounce around in the narthex and come out those doors. And you could see eyes light up and people like, what is that in the church? You couldn't hear it from the church, you know, um, like by the stairwell, the, those doors that come out, but the sound traveled right through the nave of the church and just boom, 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 bounce until it's wow. found its way out. And it's like giving me goosebumps just like right now thinking about it, like how like Dr. Haygood can take these girls' voices and just make them like penetrate like ears, but really it makes the hearts. soul think hearts. about heaven. And that's yep. why the that's why the arts are so important. But that's why music, a beautiful music she in the who liturgy. Sings, prays twice. Yes. Contabonum, who sings well, prays twice. Yeah. But it, it's just that it's just that <laughs> beauty, like it gets into our ears and then it does exactly that. Heaven, baby! Yeah, so let's be uh, going life. Let's be open to uh, some of those musical changes and sing let's sing make a joyful noise to the lord peace